Turn it back on. Yep, let's go. Now we're good. Three, two, one. Hey everybody, it's James and Johnny for Digital Bytes Team Blockchain. We're going to cover the October 11th uh, article, but we've got all new audio. It sounds like to me Johnny got himself a new laptop. And then I recently discovered that we have all new zeros. What's going on with the zeros? Oh my goodness, James. I can't believe this. This has got to be the first time that the, the Brits have more zeros than the Yanks. Oh, yeah. Am I allowed to call you Yanks? Is that, that's okay, isn't it? Well, if you got more zeros, then obviously you got more stuff going on. You can call me a yank. I'm less zero of a yank than you are. Oh, the American system. So we had all these problems with um, with billions. We managed to sort it out because we had a thousand million and you had a thousand a million million as billions. But we sorted that one out. But trillions, there are ten zeros after a trillion. And the reason that we were looking into this is that the crypto market um, is worth about a trillion and everyone keeps making a lot of fuss about it and saying you know bring in regulation and it's this and it's that and so we started looking and saying well if you're if you're a business do you really want to focus on on a trillion it sounds a big number but it's nowhere near as big as um you know the equity market because that's 110 trillion or the debt market 128 trillion or funds 145 or the real estate market 326 trillion but the big daddy of them all is the derivatives market, and that's 1.2 quadrillion. And that leads me on to the zero story, because in America, you've only got 18 zeros after, after one to make one trillion. We've, we've pimped you. We've got 24, James. All right. You're lost for words. You're All completely right. lost for words. It's the first so time ever. You have – I'm going to get this right. You have um, – <laughs> A thousand trillion for our quadrillion. Yeah, something like that. Right, it would have to be because what? There's no other word. If I gave I'd... you, let's pretend this podcast really takes off, and I yep. make a quadrillion dollars. Yes. And I say to you, next month you take the quadrillion dollars. You're going to call me up and go, hey, you robbed me. I only got a thousand robbed. trillion. Yeah, I need a million trillion. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to say, I didn't rob you. I gave you a thousand trillion. I gave you a quadrillion. Uh, we're back to our old subject. You know, you're, going to really, you're going to really annoy the king. You know, you, you take his language. And old King Charles, we fed, fed up. You know, we've, we've had this conversation about scallions or spring onions and zucchini or aubergines and you know, crisps or chips, you know, aluminum, tomatoes, you know, all that sort of stuff. And now you're shortchanging with these quadrillions. But uh, but there is a serious point there, James. And the serious point is, is that we're seeing a lot of interest now uh, from institutions looking to digitize um, real assets, as I say, equities, funds, real estate. And, um, you know, if you're going to if we're going to see the wholesale adoption of the digitization of payments and embedding if you like payments into ISDA agreements in, with smart contracts into the derivatives industry, well, that could unlock, as I say, an asset class of 1.2 quadrillion. So it's easy to see why the institutions are more focused on derivatives, real estate, funds, equities, debt, than they are cryptocurrencies, because cryptocurrencies are only 1 trillion and all the others are much, much bigger. So, and, and that kind of leads us on to this whole topic, um, you know, we, we, we've done a couple, couple, 
couple of different topics this week we're covering. One, we're looking at the role of blockchain in modernizing stock markets. We're then looking at some of the DeFi risks and security measures um, you know, around the DeFi sector. Um, we touch on N- NFT loans. Hopefully you've got a chance to do that this week because quite interesting. It's not just a matter of lending your NFT. There's, also, there's quite a few number of nuances around there. And then coming up after the break, we're joined by Suki Adewal from Clearbank. And they are a digital native bank. Um, and I, I have to declare an interest. As you know, James, um, I've, I've been doing some work with them heading up their digital asset strategy. Um, and really interesting, a, a, a Clearbank were a first bank ever in 250 years to be granted clearing bank status. Um, so they inter- interface directly with the Bank of England and they're helping a lot of the fintech platforms and payment companies to um, facilitate banking, but they're very digital native. So that's where this whole concept and this whole idea talking about digital payments and digital assets um, sort of came from. But with the stock market, it's interesting because we've just had probably the worst quarter ever in in the UK and a pretty dire one for other stock markets around the world because the number of IPOs, initial public offerings, has been you know at a sort of an all-time low. So it's interesting to see how blockchain could be used because if we start seeing tokenization, digitization of funds, bonds, you know, these are things aren't normally listed on a stock market, and they could suddenly open up a whole range of new things for them to quote. And bearing in mind, most countries, there's more funds than our equities. So they could probably multiple the number of things that they're producing a quote on, making a market in. They could probably up it three or fourfold. So, and while you did that, I think I fixed another microphone issue. Yeah, sounds a lot better now. Now I sound good, right? Thanks. So don't get Barry White voice on me. <laughs> Barry White. <laughs> so what's going to happen when, in the perfect world, all of these derivatives markets become one globally, right? Yep. An example again, Swarm, for example, right? So. Swarm yeah, the regulated up. platform in Germany. Right. And, and then one day, they're going to allow me to initiate the first U.S. trade. Right? We made that they joke. Have that. They yeah, have promised you that. They have. Timo promised you that. I have not forgotten. No. Obviously. The problem is going to be, what if I want to buy one quadrillion <laughs> of a over-the-counter penny stock? <laughs> Am I going to get my expectations... Right now, we have a. This is a meeting that might have to occur at the, like the WEF. Well, well, not with the wife, with the WEF, with the World Economic Forum. Uh, so I knew you meant because that. who's going to agree on a quantity? Who's, yeah, but but James, wonder if one of the listeners could let us know if the Americans have got one version of quadrillion and the Brits have got another version. What do the Europeans have, or the Japanese, or the Chinese? Well, the Chinese make everything longer. Have you seen their mile? <laughs> well, it went a long way. But you know what else I'm also I'm concerned about? If we're putting this on the blockchain, and let's pretend yep. for argument's sake it's Ethereum. Ethereum uses 18 decimals by standard. Why not 24? It's going to run out of notes. Has this been an issue? 
Well, not yet, because if the whole derivatives market is 1.2 quadrillion, no one, as far as I know, owns the whole market, so they can't send it to someone else. But if they were to get control of the whole market, they wouldn't be able to send it to everyone. They'd have to break it down to bits. Yeah, there's there's going to be some sort of a... I don't know. My mind is blown over that, and we're going to put all of these stocks on a on a distributed ledger worldwide. This is this is the problem with universal global. I mean, there's your setting up a CBDC. Your CBDC is not going to match my CBDC well, we goals. We'll be okay, providing we don't exchange in quadrillions. But hopefully, as as the inflation goes nuts like it is, you know, we've got a serious problem with inflation in, in the UK and the US, but no one really wants to talk about it. <laughs> we and, were just told 4.1%, and everybody went, sure. Apps. Oh, where'd you go? No, I'm still here. Oh, it's... this is the worst show ever. I'm not even going to edit it. I know. We're just going to run. Just, just from it. So yeah. So just going back to what we were talking about, about blockchain being used in in stock markets. Um, essentially, what it can do, it can obviously um, you know give a lot more transparency, and we're beginning to see this more and more. And that's probably the key, the key benefit of blockchain: giving that added transparency builds better trust, um, and that's good news for regulators. It's good news for um, regulated companies, but even better news for for investors. And then using smart contracts, you can do automatic self-executing digital contracts. So, um, you know, when, when payments and dividends, for example, are being made, well, there's no reason why they couldn't be made monthly as opposed to having to wait every six months for a, a dividend and then an interim dividend. So there's there's lots of changes and the stock exchanges are beginning to have a bit of a run for their money because, as I said earlier on, the London Stock Exchange in the first, um, in the first well, by Q3 um, to this year, they'd only done five IPOs in, in Q3, which is just ridiculous. And in America, you're 22% down compared to the same term last year. And meanwhile, you've got these exchanges. You mentioned Swarm in Germany. You've got Archax here in the UK, Six in um, Switzerland, ADX in Singapore. And they're beginning to list all sorts of digital real estate, debt instruments, funds, carbon credit trading, gold um, exposure. And the traditional stock market, it's going to have a real problem. They're, they're going to have to go digital. Otherwise, they're going to become pretty much redundant. And why would people use them? Only to be able to use them sort of during market hours. Why can't you trade 24-7 like you can with Swarm? Swarm already make markets in S&P 500 stocks um, and a couple of iShare uh, ETFs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So that's pretty serious competition the stock markets are facing from blockchain-powered platforms. I think the increase in the amount of liquidity is going to be wild too. So I think in, in your case in point, you're saying our both of our IPOs are down like 20%. There's there's 81 nations out there that is basically like the top 90, right? So that, that liquidity, if you start globalizing, has got to be tenfold. I'm, I'm still on the, hey, quadrillion, not out of the question. Not out of the question. But if liquidity increases, then spreads should, in theory, reduce. So, you know, you'll get tight, you'll get better better prices for investors. So that, yeah. So, well, and all that sort of stuff. But but there you go. But but James, I'm, I'm conscious we're, we've, uh, we're, we're sort of um, yakking on a little bit today. 
Um, and I know after the break, we've got, um, you know, we've got the article looking at digital assets, tokenization, and the future of payments from um, Clearbank. But I, I did want to spend just a little bit of time on NFT loans because we were asked to look at this and have to be honest, it wasn't something I knew a huge amount. And, and it, in essence, it's really, really simple. If you've got an NFT, you can loan it and you can get money for it. But there's all sorts of different NFT loans. Um, you know, we found, you know, peer to peer, I, you know, you to me, I just lend you money and you, you, you know, you if, and have the collateral of your NFTs. You've got a peer, a peer to protocol where NFTs can be used on lending sites and you're, you're borrowing from that protocol. And then in return, you receive um, funds on that protocol pool. So that, that's quite an interesting one. And then you've got non-fungible debt positions. And this is where a non-fungible debt provision is made using some sort of digital assets for a loan. And it's kept on a blockchain. Um, you know, we, we found BNB smart, um, smart Chain or Ethereum. And it works like a, a record of the loan agreement, ensuring the terms don't change. And then it can be sold on the secondary market where it can be then transferred. So it gives a more flexible way for people to get exposure to these. And then you get NFT rents. And so there's a whole series of these different things. But what they enable people to do is to um, use their assets without selling them. So not getting involved in sort of tax um, and, and triggering a potential tax liability. And they're able to actually offer other people that want to get involved in NFTs. They can They can actually borrow from NFTs or they can actually get involved so that they got exposure to this asset class so whilst nfts have been you know they've had a fair bit of criticism because lack of liquidity um all the monkey business seems to have gone away for a minute with the board apes and what have you i think we're going to see nfts come back but more as you and i have often discussed as digital certificates and i was a, i was actually comparing a conference in london last week for an outfit called zebu live and they had over five thousand people um, attending both physically and online. So a huge amount of interest in, in NFTs and companies are beginning to realize they're a great marketing tool, great for loyalty schemes and stuff like that. Capturing unique data um, on circumstances, people and, and, and businesses. So this is an interesting take because, you know, in my time, back when I was a young man, uh, we, you know, we were always mocking NFTs of photos, pictures of monkeys, blah, blah, blah. And I was always the guy that argued, and I'm not so sure, maybe you could show me which one this covers. I always said, if you want to be your own bank and finance your used car to someone else, you would develop a smart contract with an NFT that perhaps held tokens. So you'd have a non-fungible token smart contract that held fungible tokens, right? This would be like ERC 1155. And then yeah. as you pay me for the car payment, I'm dispersing tokens back to you to represent that payment. And after you've made the final payment on that loan with interest, of course, the NFT would then acknowledge that you've made your final payment and unlock the, or it can unlock or, it could transfer its own ownership over to you, which would consist of the title, the registration, and the taxes, and all of that. And now well, you've well, re you've well, stepped James, in that, place of the bank. Okay, so that's okay. So the sim similar thing of these NFT rents. 
So okay. yeah, NFT rents or high, uh, hires or rentals is so. If you, for example, I don't know if if you if I rent an NFT of you because you're a you're a, you're a well connected guy in the music industry, but you may say, look, Johnny, you rent this NFT off me. This NFT will give you access to um, to I don't know to to free tickets or to upgrades or to a back pass or I don't know exclusive something exclusive around that artist. But I'm not going to give it to you, but I'll rent it to you for this concert or this year's worth of concerts. So I give you a sum of money to have use of your NFT for a period of time. Now, there's no reason why you couldn't twist that into a car and say, look, I need to hire a car. I'm coming to North Florida, South Georgia. Yeah, I've got it in the right order this time. That's amazing. Um, And I want to use your car. So I want to rent your NFT and your NFT gives me um, access ownership for a period of time for your car. So you've bought the car, but you're renting it out using an NFT. And it has all the information, not only about the car, but also about me. So if I turn to be a right bandit the way I drive and bash it up and things like that, then that's created information about me. So the next time I go to borrow the car, you or the car rental company will say, mm, we know what you're like, Johnny. You're not a great driver. You're not a good risk. Yes, you can... Yes, you can rent a car, but the cost is going to be, I don't know, two, three, four, five times the price. So it's kind of wrapped up potentially in NFT rents. I like that. And I think you just reinvented the whole record industry. <laughs> well, as, as I was thinking about it. But what, some of this came to, came to us, James, because um, we mentioned this a couple of, couple of weeks ago, but back in June, Harry Styles did a concert um, in Dublin and there were 80,000 people there and he issued an NFT 5,000 people on the spot downloaded their NFT. And um, within 24 hours, there had been 100,000 interactions um, using their NFT. And I'm just giving that as an example that NFTs, digital certificates, certificates of information that are bespoke to um, an organization or event, enable people to be able to do things that historically it's been difficult to do before. And some of these, you know, I've got a, a friend of mine and she's got a, a mint um, in perfect condition, a ticket when she went to see T-Rex um, back in the early 70s. Now that bit of paper, I don't know what she paid for the ticket. Maybe it was a couple of pounds. Um, but that, that ticket evidently is worth a couple of hundred pounds. Now you imagine if she had an NFT like that, it will never get destroyed, ruined, or you know, moth-eaten or back of the wallet and you know, whatever, whatever. That NFT to giving access to a concert could actually be worth a lot of money in 10 or 20 years' time um, when someone says, oh, I'd love to go and see, you know, whoever it is, the band, that's particularly, you know, flavor of the moment at the moment. That's an interesting aspect because, well, I see inflation playing a role with that. So Taylor Thanks. Swift might want $2.3 million divided by your quadrillion in decibels. Uh, so that she's charging three dollars a ticket, right? Well, but then... yeah, but even better. Yeah, but hang on, James. Even better for Taylor. When I sell sell that NFT ticket um, to you know to the man next door in ten years' time, guess what? Taylor Swift can have embedded into that NFT ten or twenty percent of the t- of the resale ticket value. So she's just generating renewal income, big style. I was going to say she's going to want more money. No offense. I mean, we all want more money, right? But Taylor Swift is going to want more money. So, all right, we're incorporating streaming royalties and copyrights into that. Plus, 
the resale value of an NFT. So now, with an NFT, lo- loaning out an NFT becomes a perpetual ticket to one con. Yeah. It's a perpetual ticket to all concerts. Could be. Could be. But with, with an income stream for that initial owner or creator, or both. Right. So, so start thinking a bit more. You know, unfortunately, NFTs is, is the vernacular that's used. Which I think is horrible because try and explain to me what fungible means. And once you got your head around that, no, no, I don't mean fungible. I mean non-fungible. Oh, it's like <laughs> how mad is that? But uh, but that's it. So so I think you know we're going to see a lot more of things like non-fungible tokens. But I wouldn't be surprised if they get renamed digital certificates, which I know is a it's an expression you and I have talked about over the years. But that seems to be gathering some sort of momentum. But James, obviously, for newer listeners, if you've um, if you'd like a copy of Digital Bytes, then just contact James Tiley at Cyber.fm or myself, Johnny Fry, at uh, Team Blockchain. We're both on LinkedIn, and every week we basically look at who, how, where, why um, digital assets, blockchain technology are being used in different countries and different jurisdictions, and we send out a, a weekly um, little analysis, which you're very welcome. To get or just go to um, what is it digital uh, sub digital bytes that substack dot com James. Yep, you got both right there, right? Teamblockchain.net and digitalbytes.substack.com. Fantastic. Okay, well we'll be back after this short break talking to Suki Atwell about digital assets, tokenization, and the future of payments. So stay tuned and we'll be back on the airwaves very shortly. 